0: A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir إِذَا جَاءَ نَصُّرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ وَرَعِيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجًا فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ إِنَّا حُكَانَ تَوَّابًا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم كل هو الله احد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا احد صدق الله
1: <clears throat> Before the vicar Surya Zaber asked me to explain a little bit about it, the essence of the person excellence kind of processes, and that stayed with me, so I'd like to talk about that. I think it's also useful... Exploring the work of the Zawiyah and what we're trying to do in the Zawiyah. As we're all aware, in all of the authoritative collections of Hadith, the the first, uh, we are told that all actions are judged by their intention. And this is intuitively true. Uh, We very often accommodate somebody's apparent misbehavior because we see the intention that it comes from. We also very often reject somebody's apparently good behavior because we see there's a manipulating intent behind it. So this idea that we are judged on our intention is a call, absolute call. And the work of this Zawya, is basically using that uh, that understanding as an axis to understand how the human being develops and what real inner work is concerned with the very simple line of sight to so this issue says that fundamentally the architecture of intent is in two categories you can either construct your intent on in what you're getting or you can construct your intent on in what you're giving and that the natural deployment or or maturation of human being is from one to the other when you're born you've had nothing yet so whatever you're going to get you will still get When you die, you give everything unconditionally. So you come here being here to get unconditionally and you leave giving everything unconditionally. Which means to say that the process of your maturation as a being has to be from the direction of your intent being based on unconditionally being here to get to being unconditionally here to give. The process of clarifying your intent is simultaneously the process of replacing expectation and resentment with gratitude. If I'm here to get, it means I've convinced myself that somehow I know what is good for me. If I'm here to get, I also have the view that what I have is inadequate. I need more and so i look at what i have right now with in a spirit of resentment and i look at what i want to get in the spirit of expectation when i'm here to give i it means that i i don't need to get anything else It means i'm already full and it is this full heart which is the subject matter what we're trying to do in this process because this full heart is also a worshipful heart. It is the full heart that, has, that, that is rooted in gratitude, that, that, uh, that has something to give. But grateful to what? Grateful to who? Gratitude without someone or something to be grateful for is nonsense. So this is then therefore also a process of becoming increasingly in love with and fascinated with your your Lord, your Rabb, Knowing that he is the protector, the custodian and the provider. And knowing that in such a deep sense. And knowing that as you sit here now, you could never have done better for yourself than he has already done for you. This process of clarifying your intent of... (coughs) of... Replacing the intent to get with the intent to give incrementally over time. And learning to recalibrate how you see the world through a lens of resentment and expectation into a lens of gratitude. That that work we call work on your intent. And if you want to find where this work happens, it clearly happens on the inside. It happens behind your eyes. It happens in the inward. And the first thing that's true about your intent is that it is, it's is—it's captured in what you could call one's internal dialogue. As you're walking through the world the whole time, you're commenting on the world. You're speaking to yourself about the world. And the, your comment on the world is more, than li- more likely than not a series of judgments. This is good. This is bad. This is good. <clears throat> and these judgments basically reflect who you are and what you want from life, your demeanor towards, life. and so one of the pieces of work we need to be able to do is learn how to intervene and affect the character of our internal dialogue and that 's one of the things that is at issue in this in the zaria this is the it 's the technique that we are busy with the second piece to this problem of doing inner work is not is not only to look at your intention, which is really saying is to work on how you comment about the world, the nature of your internal dialogue, but it's also about working with your attention. From one point of view, you can say intention and attention are the same thing. You're looking at the same phenomenon through different keyholes, but maybe that's not an entirely helpful way of looking at the problem, because another way of looking at attention is that it's the vessel within which your internal dialogue happens. So you have thoughts, you have impressions, you have emotions, stuff happening on the inside. But what is the inside? What is this room or the spaciousness that you experience behind your eyes within which all of your thinking happens? The second thing that we do in this process of clarifying our intention is to work on our attention. And working on our attention means making our inward space inhabited space and becoming completely comfortable with the vastness and the depth and the emptiness, which is the behind your eyes, which is reality. Because the more you identify with the space, the less you are identified by what you've put in the space. Most of us think that our thoughts are us. But once we start having deeper and deeper experience behind, we see. But there's me, and there's the thought, and the thoughts are like clouds in the sky. We are not the same. And the more this, the more you inhabit the spaciousness that allows thoughts to happen, within which the thoughts happen. The more your thoughts become objects to you, and the more you can change them. The fruit of this work of clarifying our intention of learning how to develop or experience the depth which is the truth of what is the behind our eyes is that we become increasingly eyewitnesses of the miraculous nature of day-to-day events you see we'll we are a little bit like, we are like moles walking around. We are muttering to ourselves about this and about that, and we're completely blind to what's going on around us. If we noticed, if we were truly conscious of what was going on around us on an ongoing basis, we would notice just how miraculous day-to-day things are. And what an incredible pattern of meaning there is that indeed you are being spoken to in every moment that you're in by an intelligence which is far bigger than yours, which has an astonishingly deep, loving uh, sort of engagement with you, that is immensely generous, that is supremely protective. The more you clarify what's in inside, the more you see that the outside is miraculous, is extraordinary. That experience, the English word for that experience is awe, that sense of amazement, that sense of astonishment at how amazing life actually is. That experience is why we have been made. That experience is what the purpose of being a human being is. He said, He only made us because he loved to be known. He was a hidden treasure that sought to be known. So how does he allow himself to be known? From a state of hiddenness, he progressively uncovers things. And he uncovers, he unveils himself to you to the extent that you do this inner work and to the extent to which which this inner clarity arises for you. Sometimes this happens for people quite spontaneously. It doesn't necessarily need work. You know, sometimes people have a completely life changing near death experience. Person is a rat one day, next day has a terrible car accident, day after that, the guy's a saint. He's walking around saying, I've seen God. (laughs) Alhamdulillah. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should, never mind. (laughs) Go there. (laughs) Mm. So that is the work of the zawiya. Make no mistake. Whatever, whatever. There's one level at what happens here, which is about doing gardens and you know cleaning toilets. And that's all necessary, obviously. But the purpose of us being here, and the reason why you're here, is not even to get a degree. The reason why you're here is to do this work. It is the only useful work a human being can do. You, one hour of witnessing of how the stupendous character of existence vindicates a lifetime. You don't have that hour, and it doesn't matter what you've achieved with the rest of your life, it is irrelevant. You've wasted the potential. you as a being, you have a potential which is truly stupendous, which is one which can contain all created things. Your inwardness is unspeakably vast. It is beyond description. And when you've occupied that inward space and you look at the world around you, you see just how stupendous it, it is and you see how, how you actually contain that nature. This is your potential. Maybe in the meantime, to be a little bit entertained, you become a lawyer. That's all right. You need to protect me when they try and do things to me. But that's not the purpose, eh? This is the purpose. The dhikr is the purpose. Doing the inner work is the purpose. The most legitimate work there is, is inner work. The zawah is dedicated to that. That's what we do here. May Allah grant us to inestim. May Allah grant us annihilation. May Allah grant us death before we die. <speaking> in Allahumalaik, atul yusululun, nabih, Nabi. Yeah, you alam, salam alayhi wasalim, taslimah, اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد من ابنك ورسولك نبيه المعنى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما سبحان ربك رب عزتي وما يصفه والسلام على المسلم والحمد لله رب العالمين